When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. It's officially a U.S. Women's National Team game week, and that means there's plenty to discuss. From the ongoing rise of new faces to the continued absences of some legendary stars, these friendlies against Uzbekistan do have plenty of meaning for a team that is looking ahead to some important games ahead. This is all of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show. I'm Ryan Tolmich. Joining me is Amy Ruskai. Amy, welcome, welcome. It is a uh, it is a big week here in uh, in American soccer. There is there is a lot a lot going on as the U.S. Women's National Team are are, are back in action. Uh, how are we feeling going into these uh, these two upcoming games against Uzbekistan? Yeah, I think we still can't believe that the U.S. Women's National Team are going to play two games against Uzbekistan, right? Um, which, I guess for anybody who hasn't kept up, we should probably explain the, the context around that because it is a little bit odd. Um, but the, the pandemic is still having an impact on, on quarantines and self-isolations and stuff in different countries and... The fact that all the European nations more or less are locked into World Cup qualifiers and we've also got CONCACAF nations locked into qualifying for the, the CONCACAF Championship this summer. So the US have just been so limited with with options of who they could play in these friendlies and, and here we are about to see, I mean, I don't think there's many people out there that will have seen Uzbekistan play before and we're about to see them take on the, the two-time well back-to-back reigning World Cup champions. So it's going to be a very interesting couple of games for a variety of reasons, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And let's just start off with the the, the actual scheduling of it in, in that matter. And that you look at where the U.S. Women's National Team is right now, and you know they have they have much bigger tests to look ahead to. Obviously, they're in a certain point of their cycle where they're they're building the certain things. And and right now, in in an ideal world, I'm sure they would have preferred to to play a, a much tougher team. You know, to start kind of preparing for all of those challenges ahead. Do you? Do you think it's a it's a setback for them to have to play Uzbekistan, or is is it a good thing? Is is it a confidence builder? How do, how do you think you they'll be kind of be looking at this game and what it'll mean to them as in the big picture of an ongoing World Cup cycle? Yeah, I mean, I think it is a little bit of a setback. With all due respect to Uzbekistan, it's just not the opponent that the US will have wanted to play in this window. Um, especially you know, they were criticised last last year. I mean, I I was one of the people that was kind of like, oh, you know, they, they played some weaker nations in the build-up to the Olympics and you looked at it and thought, hmm, if they'd have played some tougher nations, could they have been a little bit better at that tournament? Um, And, you know, they've, it's just, they're going to have to make the best of it. I think that's the thing really here. It's it's going to have to be not looking at it like, oh, 
this is such a shame that we're going to have to play these games instead of other games that we might have wanted. I think they're going to have to look at it as like, right, okay, this is a chance to continue to sort of experiment. There's a chance for Vladko to look at, you know, players that maybe he hasn't seen so much in the US, like, kind of environment and just going to have to make the best of it and make the most of it and, and try and look for, ask the team to do certain things and produce certain things in these games that he can be like, right, I can see genuine progress, even if the opposition isn't as strong as they might have hoped. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this is, this is a chance for, for, for some new players to, to maybe get their, their chance. You know, you look at the roster, it's 14 players with less than 15 caps, nine in single digits. So obviously some, some very new faces who, who are coming in and, and attempting to make their way with the national team. You know, just looking at the squad for you, what, what were some of the things that stood out when you looked at it? You know, what were some of the first reactions to seeing what was going on going into this camp? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to see Trinity Rodman in there again. I think the, the, she believes she, she wasn't actually formally called up, right? She was a training player and then it was when Abby Dalkemper dropped out that she became a, a, a match player then. So the fact that she is properly in the squad for the first time, so, you know, like I said, properly is, is obviously exciting. She's always going to be one of those players considering how fantastic she has been that you're, you're kind of keeping an eye on and you're like, God, can't wait to see her play. Um, I think that the goalkeeper selection is interesting because Going into these games, you would kind of look at it and think they don't really need to play Alison there because you know they could they could try out a different goalkeeper. I know that that goalkeeper might not get tested too much, um, but you know, kind of have somebody else in in the US colours and behind the back line and see what kind of leader they are, what they're like with the ball, with their feet, with the playing style that Andonovsky wants. And the other two keepers in the squad are uncapped, so. It's going to be interesting to see if if they get on and if they get caps. Um, I think that's something that that's yeah kind of caught my eye when the squad came out. Yeah, when we're, we'll get into you know all the players who are here and sort of the different storylines that that they all bring. But let's kind of start with who's not here. You know, when you look at the squad, there there's some key names that are all injured. You know, there's missing some some players that you would expect to be here, whether that's Becky Sauerbrunn or Sam Mewis or Emily Fox or Lynn Williams, whoever it is, there's a lot of injuries going on with this team. You know, what are your, what are you thinking in terms of, you know, just those missing players and, and it, how are they going to kind of adjust to having some key names like that, not in the squad? Yeah. I mean, I think Sauerbrunn not being there is, is a big one because she's, while a lot of these veterans have been missing, um, she's constantly been there You know, she's the captain she just won her 200th cap. Um, to not have her in central defence is a kind of it's it's a shame for the younger centre backs in the squad because she's a player that you can constantly look to and learn from. But it's also kind of intriguing because we might see somebody else get a run out in centre back that maybe wouldn't have done if Sauerbrunn was in this squad. And I guess when it is an opportunity for somebody else to to come in and, and show what they can do. But um, I think her not being there when there's some really kind of promising young defenders in the, in the team is is a shame for you know these players to miss out on on a week of playing alongside Becky Salva. Yeah, and like you said, that's that's something in terms of just just looking at the at the squad in terms of leadership. There are players obviously with caps. You look at Kelly O'Hara, Lindsay Horan as as two of the the general leaders with a hundred caps. But yeah, like you said, there's there's missing some opportunities for for some of those veterans to kind of guide some of those young players. And obviously, you know, some of those veterans, like we said, are injured, but some of them just happen to be absent. You know, there's still some big names that have been left out of the squad as as Vlako kind of changes the, the guard in a way, you know, as we are in this, our, 
in this World Cup cycle. And obviously some of that's understandable because you want to get a chance to look at new players, but you look at, you know, players like Alex Morgan, you know, are around. You know, what do you expect from that? You know, when do you expect them to come back? You know, at what point does does that change? Is, is this national team evolving? You know, what's the situation with that? And how do you think that kind of goes as, as this roster is still without some of the most famous names in, in U.S. women's soccer? Yeah, I think it's interesting because – Maybe if this these games weren't against Uzbekistan, you know, maybe will we have seen them come into the team if if they were playing, let's say, for argument's sake, uh, the Netherlands and Brazil, right? If they were playing two games against two bigger teams who, you know, present a sterner challenge, would we have seen somebody like Alex Morgan in the squad, Christian Press in the squad? Um, but I think maybe for these games, it's not so much of like, oh, like a shock that they're missing because the US don't need to go out there and put out a front three of Tobin Heath, Kristen Press and Alex Morgan against Uzbekistan. Like it just doesn't need to happen. But I think one of the interesting things is that if Vladko is going to bring these players back in, then they have missed out on another camp of, I guess, integrating into something that's become a little bit of a new group. There's a lot of players in this team that haven't played with those veterans before and, as it would do for any team when you bring in big personality, big players, veterans, lots of experience, you bring them into this team again, like it changes the dynamic. And there's also getting to know the players, right? So like, I don't know, if you, you bring somebody like Tobin Heath in, maybe she doesn't know the the way that the player wants to receive the ball. Maybe she's not played with them enough to know, oh, I know this player likes the ball to feet or this player likes the ball played in behind or I know if I make this run that she's going to do this. So I guess it's just like a natural thing of missing another camp of not bringing in those veteran players. But it might not have been in Andonovsky's plan at all in the first place. So it has a lot of kind of quirks to it where like, well, yeah, we they don't need the veterans in this sense. But if he's going to bring them in maybe before the championship, the CONCACAF championship this summer, then this is another window where they've missed that sort of integration period. And these young players have missed, you know, like a Trinity Rodman has missed the chance to kind of play and learn from someone like Kristen Press in a national team camp. And so it's going to be, yeah, it's one of them things that you can't help but kind of keep an eye on them. When that squad comes out for the next international window, it's going to be even more interesting with them not being in this one. Yeah, like you said, it's it's look, I don't I don't envy Vlaco at all and that you look at just kind of the job that a national team manager has to do is it's it's always kind of this weird balancing act of of juggling looking towards the future and winning in the present and, and honoring the past, especially with the US women's national team, because there is so much talent and so much history and so much success that you're always kind of juggling all these different balls and, and, and trying to balance all of these different things. And like you said, there is a there is a changing of the guard going that there are new players coming in and, and, and it's tough to kind of balance that because you look at some of those players that you mentioned and, and those those are still players that are obviously still contributing at a high level. You know, you, you speak of uh, of players that have won World Cups but are also still playing well, like Kristen Press and Alex Morgan are still scoring. You know, so it, it's definitely a tough balance. And I think the the understanding is that you have to try to find that balance and that like it's not very often that you're gonna get a chance to completely, you know, rip a program down and start building for the future. You kind of had to integrate it as things go. But like you said, at what point is it that you have to focus on that integration a little more? Like you said, there's a lot of young players here and a few of them will get to learn. But at what point do you think it is that you start kind of seeing that that full squad come together? Yeah, I think with that CONCACAF championship being this summer, you would look at that and think, right, if – I mean, what is it now? I think the the November window was kind of like veteran free. 
that she believes Cup was, and, and now this window, that's three consecutive windows, and it must have been like, I think it's like six months since, I mean, even longer since we've seen somebody like Chris Press or, or Tobin Heath or Alex Morgan or Megan Rapino in a, a US women's national team jersey. So I think when the June window comes around, like that's going to be quite interesting to to see whether he brings those players in because that will tell you then if probably they're going to be in his CONCACAF championship squad and, you know, it could get to the point if, if he kind of focuses this summer on that championship and thinks actually, no, let's take lots of young players, then it could end up being like a year since somebody like Alex Morgan has been in the squad and building up to the World Cup next summer. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean that Andonovsky is actually like, no, we, we're just going to move on? And we're going to bring through the younger players instead. It's really interesting because, I mean, these veteran players, they're some of the best players that the US has ever produced. Some of the best players that women's football, women's soccer has ever seen worldwide. So it's not going to be like, oh, they're going to come in and they're not going to be at the level. Like, that's just not the case. It's just interesting in the sense of when Vlatko sees that opportunity to integrate the youngsters with the veterans and create the group that maybe he has his eye on taking to the, the World Cup next summer. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Find more U.S. Women's Soccer news and opinion on Goal. What players are we most looking forward to? Obviously, like you said, some new faces that we haven't gotten to see many Many minutes. Who are some of the people, you know, you mentioned Rodman, that you're really looking forward to, to watching in these games? Yeah, I think Rodman has to be one, always, just because, I mean, she's just an absolute sensation to watch. I think as long as she's playing, you're always going to want to watch her play. Um, and I think the other one as well would be Karina Macario, because I was kind of thinking about this the other day when I was watching Leon in the Champions League, and she scored this unbelievable goal that um, if people haven't seen it, go check it out. Yeah, um, Lindsay Horan got an assist in the same game as well. Um, she got this amazing goal and I was thinking, it's kind of strange because when the Olympics rolled around last year, she was an alternate. She wasn't actually in the squad. And it was only when the rules were changed to allow the squads to be 22 players rather than 18 that she even went to the Olympics. She didn't play much at the Olympics at all. But yet, you kind of look at her and she's like one of the most talented players on the whole team, one of the just most talented players in the world right now. She's in really good form for Leon, and I guess it's kind of weird because it feels like she's been around for a long time, but she just hasn't. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how she continues to make her mark on this as one of the leading faces of the next generation of US players. Like, given the form she's in, like I say, it's going to be, um, oh yeah, I'm really excited to watch her play. What about you? Who are some of the players that kind of stood out for you? Obviously, like like you said, the the just in terms of of what you want to see is is Trinity Rodman. You know, obviously, like two caps, uh, just building towards you know what hopefully will be a a long and good national team career. And you want to see at age nineteen what she really has. And obviously, you're not going to get to see against Uzbekistan necessarily how ready she is to become that star of the future but like we said the face of the of the national team is is kind of changing and i think that's one of the the big things to look at and that you have players like like macario and rodman and and you want to see can they kind of take take the baton and run with it 
You know, there are a few players in this camp. There's a lot of players in this camp who are under 23 years old. And you look at that, and obviously some of them have a lot of caps that have been around. You look at someone like, like Mallory Pugh, and she's got 70 caps at age 23. But she's still a, still a young player. And, and you look at this the way that this roster is built, it's built to see hopefully some of these young players kind of take the baton and run with it as we head towards some of those bigger games, like you said. So just looking at that, like I think you just kind of want to see, like we said, the big picture of this is 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 the is the change. And you look at some of these young players who are who are coming in and, and attempting to to make their mark. Someone like Sophia Smith at 21 coming in. It's just such a young team that there's so many players that hopefully have such long national team runs ahead of them. And obviously that run isn't going to be defined necessarily by what you do against Uzbekistan. But it is a good chance for them to kind of you know make their mark and show that like look they've shown that they're national team quality. But can they show that they're national team leading? quality for a team that's like the U.S. women's national team who's who's always going to be looking to compete at the top who's always going to be looking to win things you know this out like we said this isn't the camp for them to define that that's in the bigger tournaments but it is it is important to get those building blocks and, and for someone like Rodman to get those reps out of the way where you're getting used to the national team environment and, and and getting used to what this team is and what it expects and the teammates like that you know even if there are some missing that aren't necessarily the, the ones that that you would expect to be there you know, also like like look at the looking at the squad. Look, there are three uncapped players: and Bella Bixby, Aubrey Kingsbury, and Naomi Germuth, who are all players who who we haven't seen before. You know, are you expecting debuts for those players? You know, obviously there's some some goalkeepers in there, so you never know exactly what the situation is going to be like that. But are we expecting to see some totally new faces get on the field uh, this week? Yeah, I'd hope so. I like I, I mentioned it at the top of the show, but you know, I'd like to see maybe at least one of the goalkeepers get a run out that's uncapped in one of these games um see what they're like and we talked a little bit there about kind of you know emerging characters and i think these kind of camps is interesting to see where the leaders are of the future um which are the most vocal of the the kind of younger players coming through if there are still some massive leaders in this team whether it's Naya herself or O'Hara or Dalkemper or Haran or whoever it might be but you know, this is a chance to see, oh, this player seems to have a little bit something as well as the talent, but a bit of, you know, kind of fight and, and leadership and, and is quite vocal. So I think that'll be interesting in a goalkeeper sense, but also, I mean, um, Naomi Germer is the, the only uncapped outfield player in the squad. Um, we had Naomi on the show actually a few weeks back. If you, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. She was the number one pick in the draft um, last year and She's just a really promising young centre-back. And I think it's a shame that Sauerbrunn's not in this camp because it'd be really cool for her to have that experience of kind of playing alongside Sauerbrunn. But she's um, she talked on the show, actually, when she came on about how much Abby Dahlkemp has kind of helped her settle in in San Diego. And, you know, she could play alongside her in these friendlies. Um, it'd be nice to see her get at least one cap under her belt, at least a start. Um, if not two, to kind of see what she's like in that centre-back uh, position for the national team. And she's such a promising young player. She's definitely one that, I guess, it's not even so much one to watch in the sense of like a Rodman or a Macario in this US team that you would expect to be attacking and winning rather comfortably against Uzbekistan. But um, it'll just be nice if she gets to get on the pitch and, and kind of settle in and, and win her first caps, um, even if she might not have too much to do in a defensive capacity. But yeah, I would, I would definitely hope to see her get out there. Mm -hmm. You talked a little bit about the defense, and I kind of just wanted to ask what, what you were thinking about the forward pool. Because when you think about the attacking players of the U.S. Women's National Team, for years, you've, you know, it's 
you know, Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, Megan Rapinoe, Tobin Neath, Kristen Press. Like, you, you know what you're getting out of that group in particular. And then you look at this squad, like, look, you have Mallory Pugh with 70 caps. Then it's Sophia Smith with, th- uh, Smith with 13, Ridge Purse with 12, Ashley Hatch with 6, and Trinity Rodman with 2. And that this is a very young group. And we all know, look, it's, goals, are, goals are what you need. You know, goals are uh, – and you're looking for the attack. So what do you, what do you make of this, this attacking unit, and how do you kind of expect them to sort of assemble selves and also kind of acquit themselves with the national team over the next, you know, couple of years? Yeah, I think these kind of games are really big for, like, um, I guess the younger players to, to be able to kind of get off the mark, get your first goal for your country or something like that, even if it is against maybe a, a lower-ranked team. Like, I think that's really important for confidence, just to play well. Um, and I think that it's going to be... I mean, you would expect that Uzbekistan will sit back and, and kind of make it hard for the US to attack. And I think this is... As much as you wouldn't look at these games and go, wow, these are going to be a massive, huge test for the US, but for them to play against a team that's not going to give them too much space in the final third, you're going to be looking at somebody like Brodman or or like Smith or like Pugh and being like, right, okay, can you give us that little bit of a moment of magic that breaks down this defence? If they're struggling to break down that defence, we've seen that in some games and um, when they played South Korea and, and you know got a nil-nil draw and just kind of looking to the to the attacking talent, there's so much attacking talent here, and I think that going forward, it's one of the most exciting kind of attacking pools um, that is certainly around in international football. And these are the games where you're like, right, okay, look, there's no pressure on you. Go out there; it's a friendly. Of course, you would put pressure on yourself to perform, but you know, show us what you can do, like show us that kind of expression that you can bring and I think this is that's why the attacking players like when we pick out players to watch it is going to be those attacking talents and, and seeing what they can bring to the table and how they can light up a game yeah like you said look when you look at a friendly against Uzbekistan you're not expecting um the U.S. to have to put on a defensive master class necessarily you know you're, you're going to look at, at at the defenders and you're you know Naomi Gurma like you said might get her first cap and it might get her first chance to to really step up but I don't know if you're going to have to see her play her best game against the Uzbekistan necessarily but when you look at the attackers like you said the U.S. has kind of always had those players that could that could create that moment of magic that could break down a team and and score that goal and, and or find that assist whatever it was they always had those players that that could kind of do that and you want to see that from this group and that look there's there's a lot of inexperience in this group you know like we said you look at the forwards Mallory Pugh's the only one with over 13 caps so there's there's really a lot of a lot of learning to be done especially on the international level so I guess yeah like you said you just want to see if they can handle a game like this not not necessarily in the the go out and win a game kind of way but in the in the way where you break down those little moments and you have those little situations where it takes a little bit of 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 that little creativity or that intelligence or that familiarity to kind of break it down. But just looking at these games, Amy, you know, looking at this friendly, you know, what do you think the U S can, can realistically get out of these games? Like we said, it's a lot of young players against an opponent that may not necessarily be at the quality of the kind that they're, they're going to hope to be facing going down the road. What do you think is, is, is the ideal thing for them to kind of get out of what's going to be going on over the next week or so? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's experience for a lot of the younger players. Um, I think for Andonovsky, it's it's trying different things, um, whether that's different sort of approaches to the two games or whether it's different setups or whether it's just kind of different combinations and seeing how 
this centre forward links up with this winger or or this these two centre backs work together even if they're not tested too much a full back and a winger sort of thing. I think it is that, and I think you'll probably want to see the level of performance and see you know them creating lots of chances, scoring lots of goals, and and just approaching the games in the right way. And um, yeah, I think it is it's a time for him to to kind of experiment and and um, try new things and try different players and and see what qualities. Um, they can bring to the team, but also off off the actual playing pitch as well, like what they can do in training, what they bring to the group, and things like that. So, it's it's learning a lot more about his team. Um, I'd certainly say. Yeah, I like that you brought up the the training aspect because you know when you have a team like the U.S. Women's National Team, half the time the most the most difficult opponent you're going to face is yourself. You know when you're in there and the and you're playing in those training sessions, and those are kind of the you're you're really playing against the the top level. You know when you're just in those training sessions and competing, and and like you said, I'm sure Vlaco wants to see how those players compete. You know how they how they kind of handle being in that environment, and how seriously they take training, and and if really if these are players that he can trust, because obviously, like you said, there are there are some big games going ahead. You know this summer is Concacaf Women's Championship. Um, it, you're going to have, you're going to have an idea of what that starts to look like over the next few weeks, you know, and, and you could start kind of gearing towards that. You know, there's, you have the international break in June where the U S can kind of start preparing for, for some of those bigger games that lie ahead. Looking ahead, obviously it's, you don't want to look past these games, but looking ahead just to the schedule and, and what's going to be going on in the next you know few months, you know, wh- how important is it for the U S to kind of start kind of getting into gear and kind of start figuring all that out, you know, in preparation for, for the tournaments coming ahead. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, again, because this tournament is not like, you know, if Andonovsky doesn't win the CONCACAF Championship, I don't imagine, you know, they're right, okay, he's he's gone or anything like that. But um, I think it's, it's obviously a tournament. It's a chance to see players in a tournament setting, um, you know, going a few days apart for, for several weeks playing games um and i think that that like i said they're not going to miss out on the chance to qualify for the world cup they only need to get out of their group this summer to qualify but they are going to come up against canada probably um and they're probably you know they could come up against mexico who have improved a lot and there will be a couple of really tough games in that tournament where you know the u.s might not need to peak and be at their best level but they'll want to be at a pretty high level and so i think you know, you've got to keep an eye on what kind of games they, they schedule in that June window um, moving on from these Uzbekistan games. They'll definitely want to um, play some tougher nations, face some tougher tests um, to gear them up for if they do come against, you know, Canada this summer. And I think that hopefully they will get a, a kind of, um, I guess on the first bit, a better looking game for, for the neutral, for, for Andonovsky to see what his team's like in that window because... Um, it'll be, you know, European nations gearing up for the Euros this summer that want a big tough friendly and the US can give them a big tough friendly. So hopefully we can we can see them get some really kind of tasty looking fixtures in, in June. And then again, like I said earlier, looking at what that roster will look like in June will be, um, yeah, will be very intriguing um, to see which players he brings in and, and how it kind of looks gearing up for not just this summer, but then you are into the last 12 months before next summer's world cup and that's when things get even more kind of they it, it heats up even more and it's it's gonna we're gonna be looking at what his group actually looks like and how it takes shape yeah like you said this is 
Like I said, it, it's not necessarily uh, like the year for the U.S., but there it is obviously an important year for the U.S. So just in terms of of finding their their squad and finding their players. And like you said, there's a the the tournament in July. You know, going into the women's championship, like it's 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 a big tournament. It's it's something that that you'll want to see the U.S. win. But like you said, it's not necessarily one that's imperative. It, it is it is an ideal scenario for that to go and to make life easier. But just looking at, at this year, because like we said, it's kind of the year before the year where they kind of, you know, after as we head into 2023 is when things kind of start really gearing up. And, and you know, looking at obviously these friendlies, the ones to come July, you know, what how important is this year to the U.S.? Like like you said, it's it's all kind of coming together rather quickly because you say right now, like, ah, it's not. It's not an Olympic or a World Cup year, but before we know it, they're going to be looking to bigger days ahead. You know, how important is it is this year and how important is it for players like, you know, like we said, like the Rodmans of the world, you know, like the like the Germas of the world to start kind of making their making their mark quickly before things kind of start sorting itself out for the bigger days. Yeah, it is important. It's important for Andonovsky to figure out his group, figure out which players, because even now he'll probably be thinking about that World Cup because they are in that cycle. So he's probably thinking, right, if I do bring in Kristen Press to this team again, like where does she fit in compared to another young forward that I've got? Does that young forward stay on the roster? Do they go off the roster? Um, it's important for these young players to stake their claim now um, because those sort of dilemmas are going to come to Andonovsky where he is picking between bringing in a, a veteran player again and which player on the squad now falls out right so it's important for the young players on the roster in this this camp as it was for in the last camp as it will be you know for any camp going forward in 2022 to actually really state their claim and say look I should be part of your plans not for the next camp but also for that camp after and and looking ahead to that world cup and um like I said it's important for Ananovsky to start to think in his head right which is the group that's going to take me forward in this cycle to the most important thing, the kind of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, which is the World Cup. So he'll be learning so much, um, even if you know these these games aren't the ones that US soccer will have wanted to arrange. He'll be learning a lot from this camp. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, like you said, it's it's a big time. Like I said, it all comes uh, it all comes very quickly when you're talking about a, a cycle and, and building towards that cycle, especially when you have so many of these of these young players looking to make their mark. Look, Amy, there's, there's obviously there's a lot to discuss right there in terms of the national team friendlies and, and, and figuring out what these, these friendlies are going to be like. Any, any last thoughts on what to expect from these games against Uzbekistan and what this U.S. women's national team is going to look like as they, they head towards the future? No, I think I'm just, I hope that we, we see some really good attacking performances. I hope that we can see, you know, somebody like Katarina Macario doing something amazing to break down a, a defense or, you know, Trinity Rodman kind of showing why she's so hyped and and just those kind of moments of magic that you want to expect when when you're in a, a team that is going to be mainly attacking um and how they break down a a difficult defense absolutely like we said there's a lot of uh young talent to work with especially in the tack so there's a uh... There's a lot to be seen and a lot of things to, to be hopeful for, you know, as you look at these players. And there's a lot of reason to be excited about what these players can do, at, at not just this weekend or, or anything, but just looking ahead towards uh, towards the future. That's been uh, that's been me and Amy here for all of us, U.S. Women's Soccer Show. Thank you very much for listening and uh, very much looking forward to getting back at it and, and putting more together as, as these, these internationals roll on. 
Uh, please continue to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and uh, be ready for the next episode. We have a lot of big things planned, so uh, there should be a lot of fun to come. Thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll catch you next time. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal.